Hey y'all, this is Jackie Carr, and I am excited to be closing our fun conversation on the Titus 2 woman this week. But before I begin, I want to start by saying thank you all so much for the love, kindness, and prayers that y'all have sent my family while we have been recovering from our car accident. I don't want to take up a lot of time talking about the car accident here because I have so much more information on my Instagram page. If you go to at Jackie Marie Carr and I have an underscore after my name, you'll find all the information there on my page. But I would ask for continued prayers for my family, but also if you would say a prayer for the family of the woman who passed away on impact and not just her family, but also for the family of the drunk driver who is now in jail. But before I begin in Titus 2, I want to lay some groundwork from Titus 1. I love that Crystal read the entire chapter of Titus 2. It is so good, by the way. But it helps us understand more about this instruction from Paul. Paul begins his letter in verse 1 in chapter 1. And I'm going to read from my Bible, so bear with me here. But Paul, it says, Paul, a servant of God, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, mine own son after the common faith, grace mercy and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. In this letter, Paul is charging Titus to find men in every single city who were servant leaders. Paul said that there were some things that were lacking and Titus was supposed to appoint men in leadership who would bring order. I personally believe we live in a day where we are wanting for strong spiritual men leaders. I'm not saying that as a bash to men, but as, as instruction for what it takes to help build or cultivate men who are leaders. Titus 2 gives clear instruction to the women who were called to help those men that were in leadership position. The 16 years that I've been in ministry, I've known many men, excuse me, I've known many women who wanted their husbands to assume leadership and authority, but very few who were willing to put in the work and sacrifice that it takes to strengthen him in his God-given role. Regardless if your husband has a leadership position in the church, every Man has been called by God to lead their homes. So I believe the principles found in Titus 2 can apply to every Christian wife. The first characteristics that Paul says the younger women are supposed to learn and the older women are to teach in this word is this word sober. I think it's very interesting that it's listed first, even before loving your husband and children. Being sober is the number one daily challenge that I personally face. Being sober is being in control of my emotions, not my emotions controlling me. Being sober is being in 
control of my passions, not allowing my passions to rule over me. And that is Holy Spirit control, may I add. It can be very easy to treat our husband and children by the way we feel that day. Are we kind to our husband and children simply because we are in a good mood that day? Or have we decided that because it's been a bad day, I'm going to be grumpy or snappy with everyone? What about that time of the month? Is that the time of the month that we can allow our mood to come before an excellent spirit? The Bible teaches us in Proverbs that we are to rule our own spirit. If we aren't living a sober life, how can we live content in that whatsoever state I find myself in as Philippians instructs? I'm not going to spend all my time here, but I do want to share some simple ways that have helped me learn how to be sober and things I've learned from other sweet pastor and ministry wives. Start the day with scripture and prayer, but specifically the Psalms. I've been meditating on and teaching my children the last few weeks. It's Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, which says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I feel like my children can really have an understanding of how a drunk person is completely controlled by alcohol as I explained to my children by illustrating the drunk driver who never even hit the brakes as he flew from the opposite side of the interstate through the median and hit us head on. Just as that alcohol was controlling him, we are supposed to be allowing the Holy Spirit to be in complete control over us. I don't know about you, but I want to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. I want His power in my life and complete control. How in the world can we do this practically on a daily basis? He tells us in the next verses. Lately, I've been dealing with the frustration of the accident, and I'm really working at applying this instruction. I start out by reading Psalms, and I've been specifically listening to Psalm 71 out loud a few times back to back. Then I like listening to a hymn and meditating on the doctrine from our hymns. Then I ask God to give me a spiritual song that will speak to my heart in some way for that day. Maybe it's through worship, sometimes it's comfort, and sometimes it's a song to poke me a bit. (laughs) Then verse 20 tells us to be thankful always for all things. Instead of being frustrated with how this wreck has turned my life upside down, halted my plans, and messed up my daily schedule, I'm choosing to be thankful for the good that God is going to bring from it. Then in verse 21, he talks about submitting to each other. It's a little, it's a little unpopular word in 2022, but one that brings huge dividends. If you know me, I love reading the passages in the Bible where God talks about being fruitful Christians. You know, you reap some good and then you sow some good. It's pretty black and white. Although Submitting is more like laying down something, whether it be my dreams, my will, my opinions. But the beautiful and sometimes scary thing is when we submit, we allow God to do the resurrection. God can bring about a much better reaping, reward, or resurrection than I could ever possibly do in my flesh. One of the most practical things I do to help me be sober is practice good health choices. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things 
that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Having a plan for exercise, whole food nutrition, supplementing, sunshine and rest, stress management, and now chiropractic care is the number one thing that helps me live on top of my emotions with the Holy Spirit's help instead of the other way around. And believe me, it has been a struggle. I am preaching to myself, believe me. But briefly, I want to talk about the next two things that are listed in Titus 2 after being sober. Titus 1 through 5 says, and I'm going to read this. I'm sorry, Titus chapter 2 and verses 1 through 5 says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men may, may be or that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and charity and patience, the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient, good, excuse me, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And that is such a powerful statement. I don't have time to talk about that part in detail, but it is so powerful um, the way that we live our lives according to Titus chapter two. But let me say this. I believe it's so important for us to have women in the church serving and striving together for the sake of the gospel. There were so many that helped Paul, so many ladies that helped Paul in his ministry with the early church. But let's not forget the importance of the wife and mother of those homes. In my opinion, I believe it would have been hard for Titus to find those men who were qualified if they didn't have wives who lived in Titus too. A man who leads well must have a wife who loves him well. I'm going to say that again because it just hit me so hard in the heart. A man who leads well must have a wife who loves him well. Paul said that they were to teach the younger wives how to love their husbands. You would think that this would just come naturally, right? You know, you have the wedding, beautiful reception, sweet honeymoon. Then life is just as magical forever after. Uh, No, you have to choose to make it that way if it's going to continue that way. There's much sacrifice that comes along with a marriage that's sweeter as time goes by. Same thing for our children. There are so many passages of scripture I like to meditate on as I pray for my husband and my children and I ask God to help me to be the wife that I need to be. If you want, you can jot them down, but they are Proverbs 14, 1, Psalms 127 through 128, Proverbs 31, Proverbs 12.4, Proverbs 14.24, 1 Timothy 5.14, Titus 2, and then 1 Peter chapter 2 and 3 dealing with submission in our spirit, the book of Song of Solomon, and then Proverbs 5.18 through 19. There are so many other verses and topics that are great to study as a wife and mom, whether it's our words, wisdom, our work ethic. These are three of my favorites, all beginning in W. But anyways, 
I hope this gives you something to chew on this week and you will feel encouraged and equipped.